Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. You don't always have to like him. But you have to respect him. The Roy Green Show continues. The Roy Green Show continues on the Chorus Radio Network. Sunday before Tuesday, 48 hours from now, Americans will be at the uh, polls voting. I think close to 40 million already have, and sometimes Sunday night, Sunday night, Tuesday night, we will know who the next president of the United States is going to be, just how effectively that president is going to be able to govern. That's another question. There's a tremendous amount of emotion going around. I mean, it's just everywhere. Just looking at my emails, people getting angry. He's getting angry. No point getting angry at me. Really, it doesn't bother me. Um, it doesn't. Express your thoughts. Express your opinions. Best way to do it is call 1-800-263-2428. I don't do debates on email. That's why we have the radio talk show. There used to be a left-wing talk show in the United States, a network called Air America. But it disappeared. And they had a bit of a scandal as well, anyway. My new number is 1-800-263-2428. We'll go back to your calls shortly and ask you for your thoughts on who's going to win on Tuesday and why, and what you think the reaction's going to be in the United States. And I'll want to ask you as well whether you think, this is the question we'll add for the rest of the show, uh, whether you believe that in this country, by 2019, we would benefit if we had a an individual running for prime minister who is loud, boisterous, in your face, anti-establishment. I didn't say Trump. That's what I said. So we'll see what you say to that. John Zogby is the founder of Zogby Analytics. And uh, he is the author of We Are Many, We Are One. And he joins us on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Certainly many. How, how many are one, though, John, on, uh, heading toward Tuesday? Well, we can be, but, but we're not. And we won't be heading into Tuesday, and I don't believe we will on Wednesday. How worried are you? About? Just the mood, future? just the mood in your country. Well, I think it's nasty, very nasty in, in the short term. But I do think the potential for healing is there. And I also don't think that either of these two candidates are uh, have the capacity to do that. So who, and I'm drifting a little bit from the questions I intend to ask you, but who's going to do that? Who will be able to begin and foster the healing? Well, you know, we've done that before. And I, I think, you know, for starters, uh, faster economic growth, you know, is always a possibility. But, you know, leaders do uh, emerge um, you know, look at uh, Barack Obama, couldn't even get into the Democratic National Convention in 2000, uh, couldn't get uh, certification, um, and by 2004 he was delivering the keynote address as a state senator from Illinois, and by 2008 he was uh, elected president. So anything, literally, within reason, is, is doable. So, oh, yeah. if the, so the negativity that is, that is out there and it's strong and it's palpable now, 
isn't necessarily going to last for any appreciable period of time. Well, let me ask you, though, as we head toward... No, I, I just wanted to further point on that. I, I'm very hopeful about millennials who don't have any patience with any of this stuff at all. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, from, from there um, could arise either leaders or, you know, all new ways of communication that, that promote the consensus. Yeah, that's where the leaders are going to have to come from. Mm-hmm. The millennials are going, obviously, the next generation of leaders. So, so that's where they're going to have to come from. I found it interesting. Harvard did a, um, a poll of their students. Now, this goes back a few months. Mm-hmm. And, and their students wanted to see Sanders versus Trump. Yes. And, and clearly they were engaged. But I want to ask you this. Here we are on Sunday. And people in this country are emotionally caught up in what's happening in the United States election. Mm-hmm. Is it essentially over now, John, except for counting the ballots um, or is there still, is there still over the next 48 hours room for one or the other of the candidates to make a significant impact? Oh, I think the potential is there with the, for a significant impact, uh, or for events, you know, to cause a, a significant impact. You know, as, as many know, uh, terrorists have targeted, uh, yeah. Monday for, you know, a day of terrorist acts. I, I don't know if that'll happen um, or not. But then there's also the um, potential of a, uh, uh, you know, the Clinton campaign came out with a very weird statement uh, today saying, if there's a new tranche of, of WikiLeaks, uh, don't believe them, they're false. And, and uh, that's kind of strange. I saw that. that. Probably know something is, is going to be leaked. But who knows how the public and those remaining undecideds will respond. Is it going to be a, a, a long night on Tuesday night, do you think, or is it going to be a fairly short night? I think it's going to be a long night, because the polls are suggesting that it's tightening. Now, you know, look, I, I don't know. I honestly don't. Um, <laughs> over the next two days, it can go in any direction, or, or it, it could stay very tight. Whatever it is, though, <clears throat> uh, these two parties don't like each other. These two candidates don't like each other. Mm-hmm. And for the first time, um, you know, we've had Armageddon elections before, but we've never had a situation where one side completely denies the legitimacy of the election of the other side. We might have had that in 2000. My poll showed that Bush uh, voters were not prepared to accept the legitimacy of Al Gore if he became president. Um, uh, the Al Gore people weren't as fond, you know, were, were not very fond of George Bush, but at least uh, a majority would accept the legitimacy. You know, we found that a few weeks after the election. But I, <coughs> I think we'll have charges and counter charges, and I think we very well could have that Tuesday night and uh, into Wednesday, and um, who knows? Yeah, it's whichever way it turns out on Tuesday night. There's going to be a certain amount of unrest that will follow it. And I mean, I've been reading that both parties intend to challenge each other, investigate each other after the election, regardless of the outcome. And uh, some are saying that whether it's Trump or whether it's Clinton, it's going to be impossible for them to govern as presidents have in the past because of the, 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 the roadblocks that have gone up and the speed bumps that have been created over the last several months, that the climate and the attitude and, the, and just the mood in Washington and in the nation is so 
challenging and so taxed that it's going to be almost impossible for them to govern as previous presidents have out of the gate. Yeah, I think so. You know, and I, I think that Barack Obama, to a great degree, was denied uh, much of a, of a honeymoon um, right from the, the beginning. And whatever legislation he passed, you know, economic stimulation for starters and, uh, uh, you know, uh, the Affordable Care Act was done entirely by Democrats uh, and no Republicans uh, in, in support and a vow from the minority leader at that time that our job is to make sure he doesn't get a second term. And that was within 100 days yeah. of, of, his, of his inauguration. What are you personally going to be looking for? What, will, what, will, what are you looking for on the radar screen between now and Tuesday? Well, I want to see, uh, you know, two eastern states, actually. So I'll have a signal early enough. One, one is North Carolina, 15 electoral votes, which makes it, uh, you know, in the, in the, the upper, you know, 10% of, of states um, or 20% of states in size. But if the African-American vote is slow and doesn't come out, uh, that's a signal that um, younger African-Americans aren't voting and young people aren't voting, um, and that's bad for, for Clinton. Um, in Pennsylvania, uh, if we have an early indication that, that Clinton is leading, there's a state that's tightening, and that's 20 electoral votes. Um, uh, Trump is counting on... The western part of the state, uh, the old steel country around Pittsburgh, um, and uh, and the central part of the state, which James Carville once described as Alabama, um, is uh, if there's heavy turnout there among white voters, and they swamp uh, Philadelphia, which is heavily African American, and Philadelphia's liberal suburbs, then I'll get a signal as to whether. Uh, Trump is doing well enough maybe to take a state like uh, like Michigan, or today he's in Minnesota, which is interesting. And Minnesota hasn't gone Republican for 40 years, right? For 40 years. Well, 76? Uh, uh, whenever uh, uh, Reagan, no, we don't, of course, Mondale won Minnesota because he was from Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, 40 years. 40 yeah. years. 10 elections. That's, yeah. a, that's a long time. That is a long time. And do you think, then, that Minnesota is in play? It's tightening, but it, it depends on, on African-American and Latino turnout in other states. Um, if, if they're not turning out to vote, now, they're not, they're not huge in Minnesota, but if they're not turning out to vote uh, and Hillary Clinton's base is maybe more on the anemic side, Trump um, is having a rally today in the in the Twin Cities area and they had 20,000 RSVPs in within 2 hours wow. and uh, Mike Pence oh. is way up north uh, or just south of you in Duluth yeah uh, and and well it, it's it's interesting though they would be going after Minnesota after such a long cycle of the state of the state being a voting democrat so they well, they must have they must be getting some messages internally wasn't on the radar screen that's yeah. the thing yeah John, I, I thank you for the time today. Thanks for joining us throughout the election, and we'll be sitting on uh, I'll be sitting on the edge of my chair on Tuesday night with the seatbelt firmly on. Me too. All the best. Thanks, Roy. Good to talk to you. Take care, John Zogby. We are many. We are one. Is his book Zogby Analytics. When we come back, back to your calls immediately at one eight hundred two six three twenty four twenty eight. 
uh, Trump or Clinton and why? And would you welcome um, not a Donald Trump? Well, you can tell me, you can use Trump as an example. Would you welcome a more boisterous, in-your-face, anti-establishment candidate for 2019 uh, in in this country? You know, the conservatives are going to try to get to a softer, more gentle, uh, not clearly defined middle as the political parties are going to be jockeying for what they perceive to be the electorate, uh, the electorate's wish. I guarantee you, I guarantee you that if polling were to suggest and, and repeated polling, internal party polling were to suggest that no Canadians want somebody who's in your face, direct, challenging, anti-establishment, they'd be running somebody that like that by you by the day after tomorrow. So it's what you want that you will get. We'll come back after this.